0: It's time for the show that scours the globe for news that interests you. We've scoured a few other planets, too. Didn't find much. Coming to you almost live from their command center just beneath the Earth's crust, here's Jeremy Bray and Wesley Faulkner with Global Geek News. Welcome to the Global Geek News Podcast, the show that tries to answer the question just what the heck is going on in the media, entertainment, and technology worlds. As always, I'm your host, Jeremy Bray, better known to most people on the internet as PC Nerd 37 And on the other end of Skype is my co-host, Wesley Faulkner. How's it going, Wesley? Things are going well. Um, still on a little trip to Fan High. Yeah, I didn't need a whole lot in the way of turkey and stuff so i can't say i had that Uh, i don't know i have a feeling that i ended up with some more e coli poisoning from something last week i don't know what (laughs) but that's not my first time battling that and but it seems like that's kind of gone today
1: yeah food poisoning is a fickle beast
0: yeah it's never fun (laughs) but um yes how was your holidays
1: uh, I didn't get any of the gifts that I wanted, but uh, well, then again, we don't really give gifts for Thanksgiving, so uh, all in all, it was good.
0: Yeah, well, most of the food was good, I guess you'd call that a gift, kind of, or at least I didn't yep. have to make any of it. Yeah. But um, did I probably spent most of the, a good part of the weekend shopping online for any and all kinds of cool deals that I could find, mainly, mainly on like Amazon, Newegg, stuff like that. Did you get get a chance to do much in the way of crazy shopping?
1: No, unfortunately, I'm in a bit of a money crunch at the moment. Uh, so, no shopping done here. Um, well, I think I bought, bought some cookies or something, yeah, that, but nothing you know, like Black Friday related, per se.
0: Mm. Yeah, I... I'm trying to think what all I bought. Let's see. Um, from Go Gamer, I got Assassin's Creed Brotherhood for the Xbox 360. Uh, Is
1: that the one with the the that extra character, the one that looks like a court jester?
0: Uh, I think that might have been one of the pre-order kind of things. I'm not sure, but yeah, that, that's the newest Assassin's Creed that just came out a couple of weeks ago but that was like $15 off or something like that, so I couldn't, yeah, it was like 45 bucks compared to the usual 60 or whatever, so I couldn't pass that up, because so that's why I'm buying the game anyway. I uh, finally went ahead and got Red Dead Redemption, that showed up today, as well as um, Casino Royale, the James Bond movie, which as much as I hated that movie for, what was it, $2 or something like that, I couldn't pass that up. Mm-hmm. uh, So, I've seen that on
1: Blu-ray. I'm guessing you got it on Blu-ray, right?
0: Oh, let me grab it and look here. I do believe so. No, this is the DVD version. No wonder Mm -hmm. it was so cheap. Crap. Uh, It's
1: just that uh, I've always thought that the Blu-ray version
0: looked very, very grainy. You know, I've noticed that with a lot of Blu-ray movies. I don't know what it is. I noticed that if I sit back from my TV, the recommended distance, which is like, I think what this TV set is like, uh, six to eight feet, or eight to ten feet, something like that, around the eight foot range. I don't notice it so bad, but if I'm any closer, I notice the stuff getting really grainy. and, And I even notice that on some TV shows and stuff that are moved up into high definition. Um, over the weekend, uh, on ABC Family, they were, they had, um, Uh, Home Alone 2 Lost in New York which is one of my the Home Alone movies are some of my all time favorite movies and around the Christmas time of year I always watch them at least a couple of times and I was watching the HD version of it that they had on their HD channel and it was so grainy and stuff it just looked horrible I guess there's some movies that I wonder
1: if something in their transfer process or something going from film to, uh, to to Blu-ray or something that maybe they're not scanning it at the appropriate rate or I don't know what.
0: Yeah, I don't have a clue. I'm not sure what their issue was because I've seen older movies and stuff than that that have looked fine. So I don't know. But yeah, I ended up with um, the movie Whiteout, uh, NBA 2K11, the third season of Coach which I always used to love, that TV show. and well, There's all kinds of other stuff that I ended up ordering that I haven't gotten yet. And one of the things that kind of really surprised me, there was a number of movies that I ordered from Amazon, such as Wind Talkers, Green Zone, and The Kingdom, which I already have, I just wanted that on Blu-ray, that when I purchased it, apparently automatically come with an Amazon Video On Demand version. Oh, Nice. Which I was really surprised by that. I, I don't know if uh, I just didn't see that I didn't read the fine print to notice that or if that was just kind of a nice little surprise or what, but I think that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that's like uh you buy it and then uh you can watch it streaming
0: immediately. Yeah, you know, I I've I've never tried Amazon's video on demand service. I hear it's good or whatever. I've had discounts for it. It's like, hey, I bought this movie or DVDs or whatever, and in return I get maybe $5 off of the video-on-demand movie or one free rental on the video-on-demand or whatever. But I never have taken advantage of it, and I've always just kind of let it expire. So this will be interesting to try out. Maybe I'll get some time to try one of the movies out on their service over the week to try and see how their service is. But yeah, there's definitely some goodbyes um, it will be too late for the audience, which they should have been paying attention to my tweets the past few days and what's going on on GlobalGeekNews.com anyway, and if they did, they wouldn't um, be missing this, but I don't know if you saw, Aunt Newegg had the Logitech G9X laser mouse for 30 bucks after rebate, which is a phenomenal price for that mouse. Oh no, I didn't see that. Yeah, I, I've, I've, there's still probably a couple hours or whatever left in the sale. I'm almost tempted to buy a couple because that's my all-time favorite mouse. I've had a couple of them. I had first I had the G9. Now I've got the G9X after the G9 finally died. Well, I guess it's probably been early this year, but absolutely phenomenal mouse. I can't even describe how much I enjoy this mouse. So normally it goes for about ninety dollars somewhere in that neighborhood, so for it to be thirty dollars after rebate that's quite the sale on it, but that sale ends at the end of the night tonight so if you're looking for a good okay. mouse that would be that would come highly recommended from me
1: well that's another reason why uh we should follow you on
0: Twitter if people don't already yeah i've been I was tweeting out all kinds of stuff, been finding various videos and stuff that I've been posting on globalgeeknews.com One I posted this morning of using two connects to create real-time 3D images, albeit the video looks like crap, um, I assume it's just because it's more of a proof of concept thing than anything kind of finished, but it's still certainly really cool to see what you can do when, you're, when you have multiple connects interacting. Thanks to all these cool hacking attempts. Plus, there's um, a posted one of somebody that's hacked to Connect to play Super Mario Brothers on an NES emulator on their PC. Which, <laughs> wow. which that's kind of fun to watch. Does that mean that they actually jump when they need to jump? Yep. Mm, fireballs yep. must be hard. They jump, they do the running motions, everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It doesn't look like the ideal way to play the game. It makes it look kind of hard... For getting some accuracy, as far as like um, hitting, jumping up, and opening certain boxes and stuff like that. Plus, you have to compensate for like the little tiny bit of lag and whatever. But it, it actually it, it seems more compelling to me than any of the Kinect games that are out there, especially considering the fact that I don't dance and I don't exercise. Well, it might be safer anyway.
1: <laughs> Could be. Have you, have you, I'm guessing you've seen those videos of people hitting each other and all the uh, Connect accidents.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I posted one on Global Geek News. I, it, it's been over a week ago of a guy and his kid were playing on the Kinect, and he just elbows him right in the face, and the kid goes down hard. Yeah. It, it's kind of funny to watch, but yeah, those things are kind of dangerous if you're playing with multiple people.
1: Alright, well, uh, let's move on to the news. Uh, This is Global Geek News uh, podcast number 90.
0: Yes, this is number 90. We are 10 episodes away from 100. Of course, everybody can follow along in these show notes at globalgeeknews.com We have a full complement of stories today. I was kind of worried that we weren't going to have anything because with the holiday last week, there wasn't a whole lot of news other than all of this WikiLeaks nonsense. Mm -hmm. Which... Go WikiLeaks. Anyway, let's go ahead and uh, start off with, apparently the EU Parliament has rubber-stamped ACTA. It now has approval.
1: Yeah, which is kind of unsettling since they were originally against ACTA. Um, But I I guess ACTA actually hasn't gone up for approval or not, but they preliminary-okayed it anyway.
0: Yeah, considering the fact that they've um, had declarations against ACTA in the past, this kind of surprised me a little bit. And with the, n- the number of countries that are that have completely backed out of ACTA and the negotiations and everything, I was kind of surprised by this a little bit. So I don't know. I don't know if this is a good thing for Europe, a bad thing I, for us in the U.S. I really don't think it has too much of a consequence because I really I don't think it goes. Um, really any farther than the DMCA does. So since they took out everything for, like, the three strikes rules and stuff, I think they left the door open so that if countries wanted to implement it themselves, they can. But since stuff like that's been taken out, at least here in the U.S., I don't think it'll affect us too much, but I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen with it in the EU. Yeah.
1: With the uh, the treaties here in the U.S. having to uh, – they need to be approved by um – by Congress, and it'd be important. Uh, it, it, it'd be important to take a note who votes for ACTA when it does come for U.S. approval.
0: Yeah, and those would be the people that we want to vote out in the next election.
1: Yeah, because this is a bad treaty treaty in, in general, um, and seeing that the EU uh, has approved it, which is one of the biggest you know bodies in the treaty, um, it's almost forces the U.S. to approve it, too.
0: Yeah. When it comes to stuff like this, I think we need to have a law where where if the country is overwhelmingly against something, say something like ACTA, yet Congress goes through and passes it anyway, there sh- we should be able to have a law where the people can vote to hang the congressman that voted for something particular that harms the country. You mean death? <laughs> yes. That's a little extreme. <laughs> well, hanging, about an, firing, about squad, in, whatever. Impeachment, how about that? Nah, that's not... That doesn't put enough fear into them. Mm. We want to keep them under control with fear.
1: Yeah, well, very little scares politicians these days. Uh, I think it might come to that um, if things get bad enough.
0: Yeah, one can hope. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, I think that's all I have to say about that one. That's just kind of a update more than anything else, I think.
1: Yeah, it's uh, momentum anyway. Um, this is the, the first bellwether country, I guess you want to call it. And seeing how they're leaning towards ACTA uh, kind of is a bad sign and kind of shows where the momentum is heading.
0: Yeah, well, speaking of these horrible law-type things. Uh, apparently, the home. Apparently, the Department of Homeland Security doesn't need things like the Internet Blacklist Bill, one of the things that was kind of originally proposed in ACTA, for it to be able to just seize domain names.
1: Yeah, they took out several domain names. Some of them are just... They, they call them for willful copyright infringement, and some of them were just search engines um because if you know if United States citizens get their hands on pirated material then the terrorists win
0: yeah i i was kind of surprised by this i think the last total i think i heard that they've seized like 83 domain names last week or something like that and apparently all of this is through the ice the immigration and customs enforcement and whatever but and the only um one that they seized that seems to be getting any real attention is Torrent Finder, which is torrent-finder.com. Which, really all it was, was a search engine. It's not like a search engine in the way that, like, the Pirate Bay or Demonoid is a search engine. It was, it's something that searched all these other torrent sites. And instead of actually linking to the files on the torrent sites or whatever... They w- it would bring up an iframe of that particular torrent site where you could then do the downloading of the torrent or whatever. So they it seems to me like they would have much more of a defense than even something like the Pirate Bay or somebody like that would, as far as the search engine defense.
1: And also it's scary that some of these sites got little to no notice whatsoever of them being... Uh, targeted as being illegal or infringement of any laws of whatsoever, uh, so this came as no warning. What's no warning, and their just site was uh, inaccessible via DNS. I mean, keep in mind the sites are still up via IP. If you knew the IP of the address of the website, but via the domain name, uh, it, you couldn't reach them.
0: Yeah, this. Um the main, of course, the again the main one to really talk about this is Torrent Finder, in that they had had no discussions of any kind with the U.S. government or Homeland Security or ICE or whoever. They've had no complaints from anybody or anything, and they, it was just all of a sudden this um, getting a lot of um, movement and noise and stuff on your mic there. No, sorry. Um, and they just weren't getting any complaints or anything. They Just one day they found that they were down. They got a hold of their ISP, which I think was GoDaddy, I believe, and said hey, what's going on? And in the meantime, while GoDaddy was looking into it, they checked their DNS and found that their DNS was rerouted to whatever for the government, and GoDaddy didn't have a clue what was going on, because they had never received any complaints or anything. When they looked into it, They found that it was ICANN that apparently the U.S. government went straight to ICANN and said, hey, give us these domains. Wow, that's scary. Um,
1: And I think they probably tried to do this over the holidays to uh, catch someone sleeping so that they would have the longest effective time uh, of people being away from the holidays and not knowing uh, of what to do and slowing slowing the response to
0: to get the sites back up. Well, I'm wondering if these if there's going to be criminal charges brought against the people that run these sites and stuff, or if they're just going to shut them down and forget the whole thing. They better,
1: because <laughs> we're talking about a secret police force. If they don't get charges levied against them, um, they have to have probable cause. I mean, we still um, have, you know, the amendment of no uh, unreasonable search and seizure, and seizure without uh, uh, citing a crime or any laws that are broken, that's just, you know, un-American, to throw another uh, anti-terrorist term out there.
0: I'm kind of shocked that we haven't seen any kind of protest by Anonymous over at 4chan for this. Mm. Well, who, who would you who would you take down what whitehouse.com? Uh I would say probably whatever the website is for the home for the Department of Homeland Security or the Immigration and Customs Enforcement website. That would be asking for trouble. <laughs> well, I believe they've been known to take down like the FBI's website and stuff in the past, so I wouldn't put it past them by any means. Okay, yeah. Well,
1: yeah, <laughs> that'd be hellfire like no
0: other if that happened, I think. Yeah, those guys have no fear over on 4chan, so I wouldn't put much of anything past them. Well, I know who p- some people who currently have fear of the government,
1: and it'd be those people who used to run the Pirate Bay back in the day.
0: Yeah, so on Friday, the... um. New verdict came in for the second Pirate Bay trial, and things are better and worse than before, depending on how you look at it. Ooh, Uh, 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 give me the good news first. What's the good news? Well, the good news is Gottfried wasn't there, so he didn't have any verdict read against him, so I guess we can call that the good news. Okay. Also, the good news is that the jail sentences have been reduced, and they're kind of more indicative of the role that each person played in in the Pirate Bay. So for Peter Sunday, also known as Brokep, he in, has ended up with eight months in prison instead of the 12 months that all four men had got received last time. And Frederick ended up with ten months, which Peter was the spokesperson for the site. Frederick, I believe, did the pro. Was it Frederick or Godfrey that did the programming end of things? I, I think it's maybe the two of them, and then Carl Lundstrom got four month, Is getting four months in prison as he was the person who did pretty much all of the financing and stuff for the equipment for the Pirate Bay. Oh, and that was the good news. What's the bad news? Bad news is the um, fines have been up. So I think it was the last time it was they each owed owed close to a million dollars a piece. Now the three of them have to share a $6.5 million fine. Whoa. That's a bit of money.
1: Mm. It, and this is, of of course, uh, is this just in, in was it Switzerland?
0: Uh, Switzerland? Sweden. 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 Oh. Sweden. Sorry, Sweden. Yeah. So this is in Sweden. And the last I um, understood, I believe the Gottfried is still down in like Brazil or something like that. He wasn't able to attend the trial because of some kind of a medical issue. So, who knows when his retrial will be had. I would just I'm sorry to say this, but I would
1: just flee the country. I would say oh. the heck with you guys, I'm out of here. I mean, it, no one's going to uh no one's going to extradite you for you know, something that's this minor.
0: Yeah, that's one of those times when you just find a country that has no extradition uh, treaty with Sweden and move there. Yeah. But, yeah, apparently they're going to be appealing to the Swedish Supreme Court as soon as possible, which, who knows if the Supreme Court's going to hear the case, but they they plan on appealing to them as soon as possible, and I don't believe it says it in the article But uh, I do follow Peter Sunday on Twitter, which most of his tweets are in Swedish, so I can't make heads or tails of most of it. But he did mention last week that all three judges, I believe it was a three-judge panel, were all members of the pro-copyright board in Sweden. So that kind of gives you an idea of where the judges stand on this kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a... and enough possible grounds of it, appeal of the Supreme Court too. Only thing that I guess now I shouldn't say only thing, but one of the things that really bothers me about course uh, court cases like this is that there are no new laws that explicitly say what they did was illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's, there's, there's nothing to prevent someone else from falling in this trap of doing something that, on the whole, looks entirely legal might be morally questionable to some people, but entirely legal, and then get prosecuted with jail time and, 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 and all these legal fees and all these uh, duties levied against them. Uh, why not make a new law that expresses, that expresses exactly what they did that was illegal so people know, okay, well, now we won't do that because now that's illegal.
0: Yeah, well, I'm kind of curious to see what consequences this is going to have on maybe the Swedish the elections in Sweden next year, since this came too late this year to make any um, consequences on the election. You mean like the it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's certainly going to be an interesting one to watch. I kind of hope it gets dragged through the Supreme Court. I'm I'm not really at all surprised that uh, as far as the verdict for this trial goes, just because most of the trial i think this time around was basically like video footage from the last trial so it's not like there was a whole lot that had really changed or anything mm-hmm. it it made following it kind of boring i'd say but speaking of uh the supreme court uh, the supreme court in the us and i we didn't i didn't get a chance to throw these into the stories cuz i had already had the stories compiled by then but apparently the supreme court is going to take microsoft's case against the company, what is it called? I4I that um, Oh really? Yeah, that filed the suit against Microsoft for using whatever they have patented in with XML technology in that Microsoft uses in older versions of Office. Okay. So I, I was kind of surprised to see that the Supreme Court is hearing that, but there was also another story today saying that the Supreme Court won't be hearing the whole innocent infringer case where somebody just downloaded music from a peer to peer system, not realizing that they were infringing copyright, since, of course, that was site. the.
1: Is that the cheerleader?
0: Uh. I don't remember. I know it was... It was, I think so. It was somebody that was a teenager when it happened. Yeah. And they downloaded, I believe it was like 35 songs, and the fine ended up being $750 a song, which is the minimum. That's where they ended up with like $27,000 in fines, and apparently the Supreme Court turned that down today, with the only dissenting judge being John Roberts, and he was he seemed to be rather upset that they weren't taking the case from his dissenting opinion that i read i mean this is something that that would be something like
1: quote unquote torn from the headlines but i guess uh i guess microsoft has more more more, uh more influence over the courts than
0: than a 16 year old or a formal 16 year old girl in high school yeah that that seems kind of strange to me i mean the whole um, innocent infringer thing is a big issue, especially when you're talking about the tens of thousands of people that the RIAA has sued, the tens of thousands mm-hmm. of people that the US Copyrightist Group is suing, not to mention the people that like the MPAA has sued, and right. ESA, and everybody else, as to where that's actually, I think, a much bigger issue than how XML is used in older versions of Office, when that stuff isn't when that particular patent isn't being infringed upon in the newer versions of Office, or the yeah. new version of Office. Exactly. They've already coded around it.
1: And um, so this innocent uh, or unsuspecting infringer, or whatever it's called, is that kind of more like a manslaughter version? It's not murder, it's done on accident, so you get manslaughter, which is a much reduced charge. Is, is that is that an, another tier they're trying to hammer out?
0: I guess. I, I don't know if they were trying to get a smaller fine to maybe say that the whole fine structure for copyright is a bit ridiculous, where it ranges from $750 for an unintentional infringement to $150,000 per infringement for an intentional infringement, or if it was the case of saying, hey, these sites don't clearly state that this stuff is um, illegal, copyrighted, Material and stuff, so I shouldn't be held liable when I wasn't informed. I'm not sure which that was trying to prove.
1: Yeah, I've I've actually heard people explain: you download this program, you do a search for whatever songs you want, and then you click here, and it'll be downloaded automatically. And at least early in the days of file serving, uh, sorry, P2P and 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 pirating, um, there were very little warning saying what you could be downloading is illegal and even if you want to use a PDP service for legal transfer it's it's hard to tell what's legal um, to transfer I wish there was some sort of self-identifying saying hey this is legal content
0: yeah I, I mean with there's no real way on these sites to be able to say okay is this song Copyrighted, or is it Creative Commons, or is this has this movie been Creative Commons or whatever? Because I mean, there's been stuff that I've downloaded off the Pirate Bay. I mean, yeah, I'd say the majority of what I've downloaded off there is not legal, but there's also stuff that I have downloaded off there that is legal, like "Steal This Video 2, which was released primarily on the Pirate Bay itself, as and it was a documentary about the whole concept of, uh, if I remember right, it's about the concept of like peer-to-peer. And copyright and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, and other than the fact that it was posted about on the homepage of the Pirate Bay, there was nothing, as I recall, specifically identifying it as free and legal otherwise.
1: Yeah. I've, I mean, I've seen a lot of fan films uh, also released via the P2P, and that I've downloaded a few. And it'd be nice for me to, to be exposed to more of those if. There were If I could just say, oh, well, these are all the films that I can download that are fan films that people have made. Um, there's, there's no resource for that right now unless you go to each individual site.
0: Yeah, and, and really I think kind of to an extent Google is to blame with this with YouTube and the fact that they pretty much let anything go up on there unless somebody complains about it. And when they've got deals done where like the record labels or – the motion picture industry or whatever can come in and say oh hey that's ours, put ads on it and just leave it up there even though it's cop- it's was illegally uploaded copyrighted material I I think that that's kind of confusing for a lot of people and pe- most people don't really understand the difference between something like YouTube and something like BitTorrent Yeah, they look exactly the same unfortunately. Yes. Yeah or other maybe like streaming sites I know I haven't been able to think of the name up for months I've wanted to uh, there there's a streaming site somewhere on the web that will that you, where you can stream primarily like cams of movies and stuff that are still in movie theaters it's just basically a streaming service and stuff it's not legal by any means judging by the cam quality and everything but with as professional looking as stuff as the site is you'd never know it's not Legal, and I don't recall them saying anywhere on there, "Hey, this stuff could be illegal or whatever." Yeah, but yeah. Speaking of um, unauthorized downloads online, apparently a Dutch court is saying that copyright owners often benefit from people downloading from unauthorized sources.
1: Yeah, they're saying that what these rogue sites allow the uh, the the, the copyright holder to do is wholesale levy their losses against the population, saying that everyone gets taxed as if they're copywriting, so we'll take a cut and, of, of everyone's pie and then give it to you guys.
0: Yeah, it seems like, um, uh, it's, I think it's like just in the past month, where over in Europe, there's going to be a tax on, I think it was like CDs or blank DVDs or whatever Uh because they're assuming you're going to just put pirated content on there, so they're just charging an extra tax on those. So I think that's kind of where this whole thing comes from. It's like, well, technically you can make more from it because you can tax more on these goods like the blank DVDs or have a special surcharge put in on an, an internet account or whatever, saying, hey, pay us $5 a month for whatever you might be downloading illegally, which, to me, I think that sends kind of a bit of a mixed message, like, well, if I'm paying for it anyway, I might as well. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't
1: know. They have that in Canada.
0: Yeah, maybe it was Canada that I was thinking of with the um, extra taxes on... Like the DVDs and stuff. I, I was thinking it was the EU, but it could well be Canada also, or instead of.
1: Yeah, they charge for iPods, like SD storage, hard drives, all of that.
0: Get extra tax for pirating. Yeah, which is why you have stuff imported. Which is what I've been known to do. If things are a little crazy here, I'll have them imported from other countries.
1: Yeah, which is, I mean... What this is kind of leaning towards is a TV tax, like the BBC does. Everyone pays a TV tax, and everything's fee is free on the BBC. Uh-huh. Um, but I wouldn't call some of this stuff public service, but that would really, really open things up. Uh-huh. Uh, I wouldn't mind paying some sort of blanket tax and be able to get, you know, all television shows on any device regardless of their licensing deals uh, the Google TV wouldn't be having this problem that they have currently uh, you can you can surf Hulu on your boxy box without having Hulu plus I mean it would open up you know things immensely but uh, I guess there's no real way of doing that I, I mean the government could I mean the government could subsidize it I guess but I think that would really turn some enterprises on their heads if they did that here. Yeah, well,
0: and there is a story I think I meant to include it in an episode back late October, where how piracy can boost book sales tremendously. There is a book I can't think of the name of the book. I've got the story sitting in front of me, but I'm not. I don't seem to be seeing the title of it, but. It was apparently a comic book by a Steve Lieber, where I guess he sales of it weren't much of anything. From the sounds of it, he had a, it was reviewed on. I, th- I think it had something to do with a, he introduced his book on the iPad when it was reviewed on Boing Boing. There was a small spike in traffic, but when it got bootlegged on 4chan, there is a huge spike in traffic on his site. To so showed you just how much um, something like the whole pirating of a of like an ebook on something like this can really affect your sales or the traffic on your website compared to being reviewed by a legitimate source such as Boing Boing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think this was kind of a strange ruling. It's kind of interesting to hear a court saying this, but I don't. Necessarily care for their reasoning behind it as far as um, more levies and and taxes and stuff on like media like hard drives and whatever,
1: yeah, I think that why 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 would a pirate bay be shut down there? Mm-hmm. Uh, i mean that that sounds like uh, that these rogue sites are welcome, so it sounds like a red light district for the internet. Um, and so uh,
0: if if everybody's on board I mean, more power to them yeah well you also have to remember too in this part of Europe um, there you're allowed to apparently download stuff from unauthorized sources for personal use so basically it's okay if it's for personal use but if you try and use it for any kind of commercial use then you run into problems Anyway, speaking of even yet more copyright-related stuff, which, uh, how are we doing on time here? Eh, I think we're doing okay. Um, Apparently, the RIAA is kind of sending its anger in the wrong direction. It's kind of aiming it towards PC Magazine.
1: Yeah, they're really misunderstanding how the Internet works and how news outlets, just for covering a story... um, doesn't mean that they necessarily are um, doing something illegal, or, in in this case, encouraging illegal behavior.
0: Yeah, apparently the RIAA, as well as... Uh, what were the other... There was a gospel group... Yeah, the Gospel <laughs> Music Association and the American Society of Composers are apparently have deep disappointment with... PC Magazine, because apparently when LimeWire got shut down, PC Magazine did a story saying, "Okay, LimeWire's down. What are your other downloading options?" Which I, I haven't read the um, story myself, but I would assume that they would suggested services like FrostWire. Yeah, FrostWire is the number one on top of that list. Vuze, MicroTorrent. As most people pronounce it, U Torrent, um, mm-hmm. Cheriza, Aries, Rapid Share. Uh, and apparently, the RIAA and these other groups got all bent out of shape saying, Well, don't say that. That's just encouraging people to go elsewhere. It's like, <laughs> uh, we've just spent all this money in legal fees to have this nice little victory. Stop pointing people to other alternatives right i mean it's not
1: like they created these other alternatives they just mentioned that they are out there which any google sh- search would do even if you search for limewire you would hear you would see results for competitors um yeah and, personally, and it's just I'm- it just like calls out the futility of starting down one service
0: yeah and personally i stopped using limewire years ago just because spyware and all that kinds of crap i I haven't used it in several years but I used to be a big fan of frostwire cuz it was essentially lime wire but with all the crap taken out of it. Mm. But yeah, apparently they're all upset because this is you're not supposed to be encouraging people to use these sites despite the fact that there could be legitimate uses for these sites, which we talked about previously. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't legally I don't know if there's really a problem as far as um pointing people to these alternatives and like technically endor- i don't know if you'd necessarily say endorsing these other services where illegal activity can happen i'm not sure if there is any legal issues there yeah i don't think so um
1: that's like saying hey you can go to craigslist to find prostitutes just saying that doesn't make it illegal being a prostitute is illegal. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, so uh, and that's uh, largely why I've never, when it comes to piracy and stuff, why why I've never censored myself on this show and talk about my, um, pirating exploits. Right. It's. Yeah, I mean, I agree, and
1: I'm I'm glad that PC Mag published this, and I'm glad that uh, this hopefully elevates it to the. Point where uh, the colleagues who wrote this protest or formal protest letter um, that hopefully they'll be enlightened by this article and learn a little bit more. Uh, I, it's doubtful, but still, I hope I so, hope they do. Yeah.
0: I was kind of surprised by this in that apparently all of all of the these organizations and stuff that are complaining only one of them. Gave like a, a return email address or something like that, so they couldn't contact and respond to all these people that had supposedly signed these letters. So they ended up just having to do it in this open letter kind of format. I, I find yeah. that to be kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, that's very weird. <laughs> I wonder if there's a lawyer involved in any of this.
0: I would assume so. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm still waiting for us to get some sort of letter, hey, you on your last podcast, you mentioned something about where you can go to get such and such of files. That's not right. We don't like that. One of these days, I'm sure that'll probably happen. I'm I'm waiting for it. I'm kind of looking forward to it.
1: Well, I'm guessing their queue is pretty backed up with everyone else on the Internet saying the same thing.
0: Yeah, but I would say that mm-hmm. something like a podcast like us would probably be a little bit more... Important than just some troll on a forum saying that. Yeah, I would agree. But anyway, let's t- let's uh, shift gears away from all the copyright stuff. Now that we're halfway through the show, yeah, and focus on PC sales and iPad sales. Right.
1: So and for
0: was- interesting measure, Connect sales, which apparently hit like two and a half million sales and like two. Weeks or something like that. Really, we're at two and a half million. Uh, wow. Uh, let me uh, let me get the exact numbers on that. It was tweeted by Major Nelson. I know it was one million in first week, right? Uh, yeah, I believe it was one million in the first week.
1: I haven't heard about these second these new round of numbers.
0: Yeah, let me um, pull that up
1: here. I'm... All right, all right. While you're pulling that up, let me just talk about this story about um, how. Uh, analysts cut PC sales uh, because they believe that people are holding off on buying new PCs, and instead of buying PCs, buying iPads in some cases.
0: Uh, it was revised down by 11 million. Yeah, I'm I'm not really sure I necessarily buy it. I'm, I'm I have no doubt that the iPad is cutting into some sales, but I don't think it's quite to the amount that they're giving it credit for. I, th- I think that's probably right. more like the economy and stuff, and anything, and really, uh, unless you're needing something like quad cores or something like that, if you've got like a dual core machine from a couple of years ago, there's really not that big of an incentive to go out and just buy a new machine.
1: Right, and if you think about some of the basic things that people uh, use the internet for—email, Facebook, that, that that type of communication—some um, people have. Gone and boughten and it's button and purchased uh, smartphones to do the same thing. So smart, some I think smartphones are also taking away uh, from PC sales.
0: Yeah, the numbers that they have in here, are, I don't know if they necessarily mean much, depending on how you look at it. And uh, speaking of which, the Connect it's two and a half million in twenty-five days. Wow, that's good. Yeah, so I'm guessing that means they're probably still on target to hit that um, 5 million by the end of the year number. But, um, yeah. So So that's what, 100,000 a day? Uh, I think it's something like that. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Um, But yeah, back to the PC numbers. Apparently, things are basically gone down around 3%, more or less, and... Basically, they pretty much adjusted their numbers down from 363.5 million PCs shipped this year down to 352.4 million. When you're dealing with that many Mm -hmm. PCs, I I really don't know if 11 million makes that much of a difference.
1: Yeah, that's almost within margin of error. And plus, these are estimates, and it's still... It's still a healthy market. The PC industry is so. Uh, I, I agree. It's it's not that big of a dent. I don't think people are going to miss their fourth quarter numbers because of this. Um, but it just means that you know there's competition, and which means that the people have more options. So they may not buy a PC. They just might, but they will find the device that
0: fits them and their needs. I think they're almost in kind of. A little bit of a halo period, at least in the case of the iPad, which I believe now has 95% of the tablet market in that people see these devices, they're new, they're different, they're cool, whatever. But I I don't think a lot of people really realize the downfalls that you get with things like the iPad as far as you don't have the physical keyboards, mm-hmm. things like... No print- flash. Yeah, there's no flash things like printing is a pain i I don't know so much about that now that um the new ios 4.2 came out last week but um up until now printing was kind of a pain you're really locked into an apple environment unless you want to jailbreak it and there's a lot of trade-offs that come off that come with these things that i don't think the average person is aware of when they just happen to see a friend of theirs using an iPad and think, ooh, that's a cool device. So I think that after this little period of ooh and ah comes to an end, then I think we'll start to see a little bit of a shift back towards laptops and stuff like that where people have the physical keyboards for doing email and stuff like that instead of just people migrating to these tablets.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of think it's a fad, uh, that people think it's a cool new toy. Um, but also, like you were saying before, older computers are becoming fast enough to do some of the basic things out there. Um, and this might just be a reality, not because of the iPad, but... We might be seeing this trend every year, a decrease in PC sales, regardless of there being an iPad or not.
0: Yeah, I and mean, there hasn't really been any real major innovations lately that to really spur PC sales. I mean, I think once we start to see USB 3.0 roll out a little bit more, we're, I mean, we're starting to see it now on some motherboards and I think in some laptops and maybe a couple of desktops. But it's by no means at its peak. I think once we see that kind of come into effect, I think then maybe we'll see another round of p c buying. But until then, people really don't need it unless need a new p c unless they're on an old single core computer. yeah, in most I, cases, they can just throw in a new hard drive, throw in another stick of RAM or whatever, and they're good to go, yeah,
1: or replace a video card or or whatever um. I mean pcs are cheap too like what they're probably like laptops for two hundred fifty dollars over black friday um, so if would someone buy a five hundred dollar iPad over a two hundred fifty dollar uh, computer um, it, it's it's there's a it's all about need and want and some people just want an iPad uh, and some people need a computer uh, and some vice versa it's just more options and Probably just generally, if it is the economy, then it wouldn't be
0: blamed on the iPad solely because of the cost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't don't think a lot of people realize that things that they do on a tablet is going to be different than things that they do on a computer. A, A tablet seems to be much more of a consumption device compared to a computer which is more of a production device, just where you can easily write blog posts, do email create videos and stuff on that compared to something like a tablet. Right. But speaking of tablets and the iPad and stuff, apparently Mac's growth is outpacing the industry three to one. Yeah, the
1: story talks about Mac growth, but uh, what they cite is uh, some of the uh, Apple products, not just Macintosh computers, but also iOS devices, uh, such as uh, iPod, iPad, and the iPhone. Uh, all of these are contributing to the growth of Apple, uh, as, uh, as it amounts to um, money uh, per device and how much growth that they're that they're getting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, one the one thing that they seem to really cite as far as the why Mac sales are growing seems to be the halo effect. From the iPods, the iPads, the iPhones, and stuff like that, because with, with stuff like the iPhone, which for several years now has been kind of like the cool device to own, um, that's given. That's really, I think, kind of focused a lot of the public opinion of Apple, as far as it's changed <laughs> how people think about the company. It's like hey, they made this awesome iPhone, they made this awesome iPad, they made this awesome iPod, maybe their computers aren't too bad either. Maybe they're actually worth, worth the cost. And I think a lot of people are kind of becoming like me and finding out that they are worth it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised that they're outpacing the industry three to one. Well, they have more. they have more growth. They have more growth area than
1: the rest of the industry. Uh, the rest of the industry is more saturated than they are, so I am not surprised by that uh, that 's just saying that 's like saying that the 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 Android tablet sales next year is going to be ten times the sale of this year's i mean it 's because they barely sold any this year
0: yeah well one of the, one of the numbers that really surprised me was the business shipments for apple that 's apparently. Up over around 66% compared to the market or whatever. So, and especially considering they canceled their Xserve product, was it two weeks ago or whatever? I'm kind of surprised just how much adoption Macs are getting in business outside of um, things where you'd expect to see it, like movie production houses and stuff
1: yeah um especially in the creative community i can totally understand why that is because when you buy the when you buy the the apple system you, you get all the apple products that come with it so you don't have to worry about loading the system and also on the enterprise side you don't have to worry about viruses as much so management becomes a lot easier um so i think some people are trading in some of that control of windows for some of the uh, turnkey, uh, turnkey solutions
0: that Apple can provide. Yeah, speaking of uh, security, I just want to point out a post that I did on Global Geek News last week about the latest version of HTTPS Everywhere, the Firefox extension. Apparently, now it's been updated to combat Fire Sheep, which, for those that don't know, Fire Sheep is the Firefox plugin that anybody can use to, when you're at an open Wi-Fi access point, say Starbucks, and there's multiple people, say, checking their Facebook accounts or Twitter accounts, whatever, whoever is running this extension can hijack the accounts of those people and post as them and do all kinds of nefarious things. So for those that want to protect themselves from that, I highly recommend this HTTPS Everywhere extension that comes from the Electronic Frontier Foundation in combination with the Tor project. Anyway, I, I just wanted to plug that really quick. I have to get that PSA out there. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's definitely one of those. I, I think the Fire Sheep is coming close to like a half million downloads or something like that or so, somewhere around there, so it's not necessarily a small thing by any means. I mean, yeah, big picture it probably is. But yeah, that's one of those things that you definitely want to be careful of, and another reason to use Firefox so that you can have extensions like that, as to where you can get your HTTPS encryption on your important sites like your Facebook, your Twitter, your Gmail. Well, actually, Gmail already comes with all that. Um, your Google, your Hotmail, stuff like that. One, the one um, bug that I have noticed with the extension. And apparently it sounds like it's a, a bug on Facebook's end is that when you're using that extension and you go to Facebook, it'll break the chat and chat won't work for you. So.
1: Oh, well, that's a plus side for me.
0: <laughs> just just something to be wary about. Although it seems like uh, Facebook's chat has been having some issues over the past week anyway because I can't seem to get Addium, my um, uh, multi-chat tool for my... MacBook Pro to work with Facebook chat. So I think there could be some issues there anyway. Speaking of Firefox and plug-in and security, um, I think
1: today uh, there is a plugin that's called uh, Never Cookie. It's to prevent ever cookie. Mm, um, yeah. And, and I think that's floating around. So you might want to snatch that up too.
0: Yeah, for those that aren't familiar with that, um, let me get the exact episode number. Um, The Twitch show Security Now has done some episodes on both of these topics over the past few weeks regarding these, so you have an idea of what's going on. um, For the Fire Sheep issue, it's episode 272, which was back on October 27th. So if you want to know about the whole Fire Sheep issue, how this plug-in is allowing you to hijack the accounts of other people or ha- how other people will hijack your account. That's an episode to check out. And the Evercookie episode is episode 270. They're a little bit longer shows. I think they're usually like an hour and a half, something like that. But if you're really curious about all the technical details and stuff about this, and it's definitely worth checking out, especially the Evercookie episode. That The whole Evercookie thing is just... Brilliant. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, I
1: almost,
0: yeah, I almost kind of want to skip over the next story just because we got we're in the whole Facebook vibe there. But we'll just go over the next story really quickly because it's kind of more more or less a rumor at this point anyway. In that, apparently, the Xbox 360 may be getting a cable-like unlike, online subscription service, presumably to compete with Google TV.
1: Right, and this would be assuming that they could make the content uh con- connections um, that so many companies have not been able to do uh, but seeing how xbox is really tightly t- tightly or i should say Microsoft is tightly uh connected with uh uverse which is a t t service um and you can even install the Uverse client on an Xbox 360, um, and that the the software that powers the Uverse box is made by Microsoft. Um, it could be a, a simple rebranding of the Uverse service uh, for the Xbox platform.
0: Well, not not just that. Uh, Microsoft with the Xbox 360 has been doing ip tv stuff long before google tv was ever even announced yeah um they never really have done much here in the states other than the whole u-verse thing and um to i guess you could maybe make a case for the whole fact that they sell movies on there you can get netflix on there now you can get espn on there but at least well they have
1: uh, ms uh, msnbc and they had MS miss which was formerly web tv so their their uh television inter- integration set top boxes it's been in their blood for a while
0: yeah and i believe on the xbox 360s over in europe they have IPTV on them mm. so that you can watch your cable tv and whatever on your through your xbox which I'm not sure if I necessarily like this idea. I mean, it seems like a cool idea, other than the hell that it would be on my Comcast bandwidth cap. That seems like a nice idea. The only problem with something like that is you'd basically need an Xbox for each one of your TVs. And that would get kind of pricey. And you're talking a $300 Xbox. Say you have, like in my case, I've got four TVs in my house. I'm talking about $1,200 worth of Xboxes just so I can watch TV.
1: Yeah, I think they should come out with another version, one without a slot loading, one without a DVD drive, and mm-hmm. one without a removable hard drive, and just call it the Xbox Entertainment Box. You can still get Xbox downloaded games, Xbox Live, um, but it would reduce the cost um, probably by 100 bucks. Uh, by going with a, a full-size hard drive instead of a three, a two and a, two and a half inch uh, removable drive, and going with an internal three, uh, three and a half, and uh, and tidying up that and, and not having to worry about, you know, having a slot loading, it could, they could redesign the case and it could be just another entertainment
0: box. Yeah, it, it's certainly an interesting idea, but something tells me it's not a good idea. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: I think that, that they might have some problems, but with a dearth of subtop boxes out there, Roku, Boxy, uh, TiVo, uh, uh, Google TV—I mean, with with all of these boxes out there—I think that they can just survey the field and have one, have everything they have plus network television
0: access, and that's. That's, I think, the killer box right there. I I kind of think they're almost a little bit too late to the game because, I mean, the set-top box area is getting kind of crowded. I mean, like you mentioned, you got your Rokus, your Voodoo boxes, your boxy mm-hmm. boxes. You can use all kinds of similar functionalities on your Xbox, your PS3, your Wii, all kinds of stuff. And now they're coming out with... TVs that have the same functionality that have the boxy functionality that have right. this um, different internet-connected functionality to it. Right. There's I, I DivX think,
1: TV for for Blu-ray boxes, too?
0: Yeah, I think at this point it it's kind of... you're too late to the game at this point. I, I think there's too much going on in the market right now for you to be able to come in and make any kind of a dent. Hmm.
1: I don't think they're too late because nobody has won. Uh, So it's still a toss-up.
0: True, true, but I think everything is a little bit too fractured for most people to really make sense of it at this point. And giving them yet another option I don't think is going to help matters.
1: Well, that's the same kind of thing with Windows Phone 7. Um, People said the same thing, but we'll let the market decide, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to end up being one of those things where it would be best to just kind of hold off for a little bit, let things kind of shake out, let some of these companies fail or whatever, like a a boxy box or a, a Google TV or whatever. Let the market kind of just kind of slow down a little bit, and then would be a time to come in with a killer product. Mm-hmm. Like uh, video chatting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be one of the different things that would be possibly a interesting product. Apparently, uh, Facebook is looking is planning on putting Skype video chatting into its chat offerings. Yeah, it's long been a rumor, but uh, these this uh, this.
1: Facebook developer found some code that actually is some strong evidence that they're trying to get it integrated into Facebook. And he says, with the code snippets that he sees, it should already be working.
0: Yeah, apparently there's code in there for checking for ActiveX, whether a Skype SDK plugin is installed on a person's system or whatever, so that they can tie in Skype with a person's Facebook account. And from the sounds of it, it's probably in the debug stage where they're probably working out the bugs out, and then they'd probably be ready to roll it out.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if some people aren't beta testing this already. Just like um, Facebook messaging, people were using that way before uh, we even knew about it. So I'm guessing people are already using this video chat feature.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me i can't say it's necessarily the feature i want i mean i never do any video chats anyway but mm-hmm. i don't know it'd be kind of an interesting thing if anything i would almost think it would make more sense for maybe facebook to buy skype uh well
1: uh, <laughs> i don't think skype if, if facebook has that kind of cash at the moment and i mean before their ipo anyway Um, They need to stay pretty lean uh, until they do their IPO anyway, to make sure sure that uh, financially they look the most uh, stable. Um, But you also have to keep in mind, this might just be one of their many partners, especially when we're talking about phones with front-facing cameras like the iPhone. Uh, Skype might not be an option, but it might be uh, an option with FaceTime, and um, they might be just rolling this out with Skype initially, but opening up the API or other video protocols.
0: Yeah, it, it's certainly an interesting move. I'm kind of curious to see where it goes, when this will happen, if it will happen. I, At this point, I assume it's probably pretty much a guaranteed kind of thing if all of this code is basically in there already. So it'll be interesting to watch, that's for sure. Oh, and we are running really late. We still have two stories to go, and we're like five minutes over already. Yes.
1: Want uh, to so, we'll move on to deep packet inspection?
0: Yeah. This uh, is. Is this a new TSA
1: routine or something?
0: No, not quite. Although it, I'm just waiting for things to get a little deeper with them. But um, oh, speaking of which, did you notice the the fact that there was like pretty much no coverage as far as or no big stories about the whole national opt-out day thing? I just saw there was very little impact. Uh, people were opting
1: to go through the scanners more so uh, to, to skip the line so there was very little impact of the
0: opt-out. Well, from my understanding, in a lot of places they had most of the scanners turned off like at LAX and stuff, they had them roped off. Oh, really? Yeah, so that way it wouldn't really affect anything so there would be no news stories about it.
1: Yeah. Well, it sounds like a success then.
0: Uh yeah, pretty much, although if it's just a one-day thing, I don't know how big of a success it really is. But in this case, um, talking about deep packet inspection, a Kindsight and Form, which I think we may have talked about Form in the past, but I've never heard of Kindsight until this particular story. Apparently, they're wanting to come to the U.S. and do their deep packet inspection here so that they can come up with ad revenue based on the things you do on the internet.
1: Yeah, basically they're opening up packets, seeing what kind of messaging and what kind of transfer is going on, and they want to be able to serve you ads based on that. Uh, whether or not you're at work, whether you're at your home during leisure, uh, and they'll give a cut to the ISPs and give you, for opting into this, free security software.
0: Yeah, which that's part of the thing I didn't really understand, and I don't think I would necessarily trust security software from a company I've never heard before anyway, but um yeah, apparently this kind of whole, this really like skips over the concept of cookies, and they're just doing straight inspection of all your traffic instead of using these cookies to track where you've been. This way you can't flesh out your cookies so they can't track you or whatever. This is they install these boxes at the ISP, and this is, of course, a big issue primarily in the UK several, well, I guess it's probably been about a year ago, or eventually they pretty much got shamed out of the country right. and Right. as to where you, there is pretty much no real privacy. They're, they said they're not going to like read emails and stuff, but you never know about that for sure. Mm-hmm. Basically, anything that's not encrypted traffic, they're going to be reading and using to come up with ads for you with. And keep in mind,
1: since this is on the ISP side, uh, going into private browsing mode uh, or incognito mode will not bypass this. This will still be caught by the packet sniffer.
0: Yeah. And in this particular case, something like an HTTPS everywhere would do you a lot of good because for a lot of the major sites that it supports, like Google, Twitter, Facebook... Can you hear me there? Yeah. Can you hear
1: me? Yeah, you've dropped off for a second. Uh, huh. Yeah, this is something where you'd need a, a VPN. Uh, yeah,
0: either a VPN or something like HTTPS everywhere where you're getting an HTTPS connection to most sites, or at least all the major sites that it supports from the New York Times to Facebook. Right. So and One thing I worry about is for privacy.
1: Um, so let's say I'm communicating with you um, via Facebook, uh, you, you're using an unencrypted version of Facebook, but we're chatting. You signed up for the service, but I did not opt into this deep packet sniffing. Um, they're going to get both sides of this conversation, and something I did not opt into.
0: Yeah, and th- and that's essentially one of the reasons that they pretty much got kicked out of Europe, is because of all the privacy laws over there, and they were had these boxes installed at the ISP, and that was causing some major privacy issues because it's like, hey, I didn't opt into this, and there was nothing you could really do to opt out of it, even if it was your own ISP that was doing it, and then basically it would allow them to collect all this information from conversations and everything, as to where if, if you didn't have all your traffic encrypted and the other person on the other end didn't have all of their traffic encrypted, you're pretty much screwed. Yeah, yeah. So this is one of those things where
1: you gotta watch who you even have, you're even friends with, and what kind of conversation you're having, because it's it's out in the open. You can even if you control everything on your end, if they're insecure, your whole conversation's insecure.
0: Yeah, this actually reminds me of when I was going to in college out in Utah. Um, I guess I think this is oh, was my freshman or my first. Uh, quarter, my second quarter, but there were a number of people in the class that apparently got caught cheating, supposedly. I guess during an exam or whatever, they were passing around um, snippets of code on Instant Messenger, and apparently the school was doing does some sort of deep packet inspection of some kind, and was able to recognize that it was code being passed, and it was during the test and everything, as to where there was a number of students that got in trouble for cheating. Well, after that, and once everybody realized, oh, crap, the school's watching us. They're reading all of our instant messaging conversations and everything. Everybody went absolute security crazy, downloaded different messaging clients that would allow encryption as to where everybody was running like 2048-bit encryption (laughs) on their chat conversations. And they were all running... um, Different like wire sniffing or packet sniffing stuff, so that they could make sure at all times that their conversations were being encrypted and was just showing up as garbled traffic and not anything that the um, school could figure out what was being said and everything. It, it, it was kind of entertaining to watch. Wow.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, when I get my next hard drive, I mean computer, I'm thinking
0: about doing a full hard drive encryption. I'm. I don't. I don't think I'm probably going to do that on my desktop. Eventually, I probably will. But at this point, I'm considering it for many of my laptops and netbooks that are portable. But at this point, I'm not running any kind of full disk encryption or anything yet. I just the whole concept scares me because if something goes wrong, you're yep. screwed out of everything. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I'm scared about. Um,
1: I'm thinking about just having two encryption. Partitions, one for data, one for uh, applications.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but we'll see, we'll see. That's that's just that's the that's the fear talking. <laughs> when I get to reality,
0: we'll see what I actually do. Yeah. Well, anyway, hopefully these this form and kind site won't get very far with this. With any luck, maybe the FCC will intervene, like they did with the whole Comcast deep packet inspection thing for the case of blocking BitTorrent traffic. But Anyway, final story, there's coming a new generation of 911 that will accept text messages and even stream video. Yeah, which
1: is nice uh, because they'll also accept 911 calls from other appliances, uh, like, your, like your car if you get into a car accident, and other, other services. So there will be a standard uh, so 911 should be accessible to everyone, even even the the deaf, uh, who who usually can't use a phone without using without having some assistance.
0: Yeah, this is I'm I'm actually kind of shocked that the system doesn't really support this now. Apparently, there's a handful of 911 call centers in the country that can accept text messages, and those have only been implemented within the last year. But apparently, this is for overhauling the whole 911 system to accept text messages, which for something like um, the story that they cited in here was the whole um, Vir- Virginia Tech yeah, Massacre yeah. or whatever, and that saying that apparently students were trying to text into 911 to let them know what was going on, but since the call center couldn't take those calls, they never got through. I mean, they they couldn't take the text, so they never got through to respond any sooner. And when you're in a situation like that, being able to do text messages is kind of nice because you you really don't want the guy with the gun to be able to hear you calling 911. Yeah, exactly. And
1: I hope they also take – I know they say text, but I hope they take email too um, because sometimes you you can send out a lot more information over an email – uh, other than the text, and I, I, I think, uh, especially when we're talking about machine-to-machine communication, um, some some devices may be internet only without cell service per se for phone conversation. So text might be impractical for all kinds of devices.
0: Yeah, that would be another interesting idea. They're talking about a bunch of different things for this new version of 911, the NG911, as far as like being able to allow say like highway cameras to call into 911, security cameras, personal medical devices, all kinds of stuff. And one of the nice things that I I think would be really cool would be the video streaming I mean if you if you're like in a situation whether it's a hostage situation or a medical situation or whatever odds are you're gonna be in too much of a shock to really um, communicate exactly what it is you're wanting to say to the 911 dispatcher so if you can just pull out your phone and stream the video as to where they can have eyes and see what's actually going on I think that would be a huge lifesaver in many cases. Right. And they would also be able to relay that to the officer or... Uh Uh-oh. You there? Uh Uh-oh. Well... Oh, now I'm hearing you again. Yeah, we... Yeah, I can hear you now. You just kind of got de- had some kind of a connection issue. Skype came up saying that there was a connection problem, and you kind of went away there for about 15 okay. seconds or so.
1: Okay, yeah, you went away earlier, too. I'm wondering if our, our connection is de- uh, deteriorating. Uh, maybe we should wrap this up.
0: Yeah, probably a good idea. But, yeah, certainly an interesting system. Hopefully it gets implemented soon. Uh, it sounds like it'll cost $80 billion to roll out, so who knows when that'll happen and of course that'll probably be that's just the cost to probably roll it out not including development and all that other stuff so I'm guessing this is probably something we probably won't see for uh, I don't know, three years maybe but anyway, cool stuff Mm -hmm. but anyway, for those again that want to read more on these stories because we didn't of course get to all the details, you can of course find all that stuff at globalgeeknews.com as well as all the other cool posts they get there from using the connect to play Mario to the tips of the week post, which I didn't get a chance to do one, uh, excuse me last week. I just kind of didn't realize what excuse me day it was, so it just kind of never got done. But there's plenty of other tips of the week from the last oh I don't know 15 weeks or something like that. So you to keep most people occupied. So yeah, make sure to check out that there's I'm. I'm to the point where I'm usually trying to do like at least two posts a day, so make sure to always check out what's going on over at globalgeeknews.com. Cool videos, great news, whatever. And don't forget to follow at Global Geek News on Twitter for more of that stuff, your news, your tips, all kinds of stuff. Like, if you'd have been following it, you would have known about the Logitech G9X mouse. And don't forget to follow me, I am at PC Nerd 37 where I tweet a lot of the same stuff, plus some extra stuff. And don't forget to follow Wesley, who's posting all kinds of awesome stuff over at Wesley83, as well as WesleyFaulkner.com, which, have you been posting a lot over there lately?
1: Not in the last few days, but uh, I, I have uh, one new post today. Um... Uh, if you if you would check it out, uh, it's about me trying to raise money for a good cause uh, called Movember. Yeah, how did that uh, work out for you? I'm still going. Uh, we have two more days left, so we're in the home stretch, and I'm trying to raise as much money as I can.
0: Two more days, and the last day of the month tomorrow. Well, I'm counting today as one of the days. <laughs> oh, okay. It's so the last two or three hours that's left in today. Okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Well. Anyway, I highly recommend everybody check that out don't forget if you wanna if you have any suggestions for the show like would you like to suggest guests or whatever feel free to either send us a tweet at global geek News or shoot us an email which is globalgeeknews at gmail.com or of course you can just leave your comments in the comments for the show which of course this would be episode number ninety. And don't forget to check out the Global Geek News online store for those that are looking for some gifts for their loved ones. Perhaps your loved one might like a Global Geek News t-shirt or coffee mug or I think there's like cooking aprons in there, bumper stickers, you name it. There's all kinds of stuff in there. Um, Beer steins, all kinds of stuff. So if you know anybody that's a Global Geek News fan, head to the Global Geek News online store for awesome Christmas presents. Anyway, I think that is pretty much it for this week, unless you can think of anything else that I forgot. Nope, that's it. Alrighty, well, I guess we will talk to everybody next week. Later. Later.